I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. On this episode, I talked to Darcy Smythe from the Gold Coast in Australia. Darcy's a campus minister in the Gold Coast under the leadership of Rob Mulhern, who I interviewed earlier. This year, in the church of 85 that he's a part of, Darcy has baptized 16 college students. I met Darcy at the recent CLIMB conference a week or two ago. He's an amazing young man, and I asked him then to please join my podcast. So I look forward to talking to him about how he's helped his campus ministry to grow. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Pam and I just got back from the CLIMB conference a couple days ago. It was so fantastic. I know I've been talking about this for a year on the the podcast, and you've heard me say it many times, but man, I was not disappointed. It, It surpassed my expectations. Starting it off with Sean Wooten the first night on Thursday, the classes the next day, Tony, Darren, the women's program was amazing. Uh, we had Dave Pock to speak and Joel Pede and Christy Pede and, and John, um, Sean St. Jean. That was great. Then that night, Kevin Miller, he just knocked it out of the park. Then the next day, Dave Bliley, he taught a class that was just so, so powerful. I mean, I just can't wait to re-listen to that. I want to probably listen to that two or three times, take really good notes, and then just put it into practice in my own ministry. It was great, great class. And then um, Jaron and Bianca Singh did an amazing class for smaller, really small churches, kind of like micro churches, churches under 50. And that was super helpful. They both did a great job. And then that, that afternoon, it was Jeannie Shaw and Robert Carrillo and Joel Nagel talked about the thread program. That was great. And then it kicked off at the very end on Sunday with um, Dave Bliley and Sean Wooten, team teaching, each doing about 20 minutes. It just, it was amazing. I mean, it's like the fellowship was so good. I mean, I so, saw so many people that had come before and some new faces. And then Joel, Joel Nagel did something that was so powerful. He had a great prayer, like a prayer room. And this is something I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. That sounds, sounds kind of cool. But it was so much more powerful than I anticipated. I went in there and prayed between classes and I, got choked up. I mean, just seeing people's prayers and I don't know, the emotion just came right to the surface. Like immediately it was very much more powerful than I could have anticipated. So I was really glad to, to do that. I'm glad he did that. So today in my program, I've got Darcy Smythe and I ran into Darcy at the conference. He came all the way up from, from Australia. He's a, a young man of 24 doing amazing things in the gold coast and I look forward to talking to him in a few minutes. So I hope you're doing great. I hope wherever you're at, if you couldn't come to the CLIMB conference, 
there it will be on YouTube before Christmas, you know, before the end of the year. So look forward to that. I mean, the classes are going to be great. You're going to really, really love it. So make plans for two years from now. We'll probably do it again in two years. And so set it aside, save the dates. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Darcy, welcome to the program. Oh, good day, Rob. Oh, thanks for having me on. It was awesome to meet you at the Climb Conference. How'd you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I feel like for me, me and there was one other guy, Freeman, uh, we're not really church leaders. We're just kind of um, interns. So being able to go to the conference was um, a really good experience. We got to meet, I mean, heaps of church leaders from all over, uh, you know, got to meet you, uh, people like Kevin Miller. Um, and then just other small church leaders as well. So I feel like it was really good. We got to hang out with the Texas campus ministry as well. So that was kind of a highlight for the whole trip too. I was so happy that you guys came up. I just wasn't expecting so many people from Australia to make it all the way up there. I, I would guess there's like 10 people. How many people came from Australia? I think there was uh, seven of us. Yeah. Yeah. Or seven or eight of us, something like that. And does that include the people from New Zealand and Fiji? Uh, yeah, yeah, that includes them too. Yeah, it just, I mean, what a big presence. I was just like, I was expecting Dave, Bly I was glad Dave Blyley came. And then the church leaders and then, you know, campus ministers and all fired up. I'm like, wow, this is really, really exciting. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was great to meet you for sure. Well, tell us, how did you become a Christian? Uh, yeah, so I was, um, I wasn't raised in a religious family. My dad's non-religious uh, my mom is kind of spiritual. Um, and we were just, I was raised, my parents are both farmers. So I grew up in, uh, rural New South Wales. Um, and so I didn't have a religious upbringing, but I went to an Anglican boarding school because my hometown was so small. It didn't go all the way to year 12. So I went to boarding school so that I could graduate high school. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that was, uh, it was interesting going to that school kind of turned me off God pretty strongly. I didn't really like, uh, I mean, you get a, a Christian message of, of love and, and God loves you and God will take care of you. And then just the whole high school experience wasn't uh, really the best. So I left high school uh, not super keen on the idea of God. Uh, I wasn't really interested in learning more or anything like that. Um, and then I moved to the Gold Coast straight out of high school. So I was 18 um, and that's about six hours away from my home. So I moved up there um, and just kind of lived by myself. And I was pretty focused on my degree. I was studying accounting at the time. Um, and then towards the end of my first trimester, someone walked up to me and reached out to me and kind of asked my background um, and all that sort of stuff. And so I shared my experience with religion in the past. Um, and one of the questions that he asked me was, had, had I ever actually read the Bible? And that really stuck out to me because uh, seven years in a religious school, uh, and I never really read the Bible. No one opened it up with me. And so I realized that a lot of my issues that I had with God and Christianity actually had to do with what I was taught and not so much about the Bible. So, um, I was interested in learning about the Bible just so that I could have a good enough reason not to believe in God. <laughs> so, um, so I went along, I did some Bible studies, I don't remember much of the early ones, like seeking in the word and things like that. Um, but we got to the sin study and that was kind of when everything changed for me. Just because we sat down in about an hour and a half and someone went through a sin list in Mark 7 with me. And 
it kind of felt like in that hour and a half, I'd learned more about who I was and what my heart was like than I had in the last uh, 18 years of my whole life. And so it was a pretty surreal experience. But I think, yeah, just kind of like that jarring idea that the Bible could explain who I was far better than I could is when I started taking my Bible studies more seriously. Um, and so going through learning about the cross and repentance, once I realized the Bible was more than just a book, I was pretty eager to kind of learn more. And so after that turning point, I kind of, I went through them and I got baptized in August, 2018. Yeah. Who'd you study the Bible with? Uh, so it's a, a, a guy named Floyd. I think he was baptized maybe a year or two before me. He was one of the, well, he was converted a little bit before Rob moved to the Gold Coast, actually. But yeah, so he studied the Bible with me. He discipled me kind of like most of the way through my spiritual life. Um, and then at the moment, he's actually gone to Fiji for three months, helping out doing an internship over there. So helping out this smaller church in uh, Suva, I think. So he's having a lot of fun over there. Wow. Okay. So tell me, you've graduated from school. When did you graduate? I graduated at the end of 2021. So about two years ago. Okay. From the university, what's the name of the school? Uh, Griffith. Griffith University. Okay. Like a private school or something like that? Uh, it's public. It's the only real big uni we have on the Gold Coast. There's not really any others that are big enough to reach out to one. Okay. This is, this shows my geographical weakness, but why do they call it the gold coast when, I mean, why don't they name the city? I don't, I don't understand. Like, can you explain that? Is that well, the, is it the name? Yeah, is that the name of, is that the name of a city? Is it the gold coast? Like yeah, yeah. a city? Yeah. The gold coast is the name of the city. Okay. Yeah. And so it's, it's stretched out. It's not really like a round kind of city, it's stretched along the coast. And so pretty much wherever you live, you're 20, 30 minutes away from the beach. Nice. I mean, I know it's famous for surfing. Yep. Okay. Are you a surfer? No, I'm not a surfer. I grew up away from the beach, but we have a couple of guys in our ministry who, who are pretty into it. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 24. You're 24. Okay. Neil yep. Young said, 24 and there's so much more. You're just getting started. That's awesome. And yeah, I'm are, are you dating right now? Are you, what's your, your uh, relationship status? Yeah. Yeah. I just started dating, uh, about three months ago, actually. Yeah. So she's down in Sydney. She's doing part-time ministry down there. She's doing awesome. Um, helping out down there as well. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. How'd you guys meet? Uh, well, the first time we met was actually in Orlando last year. We both went to the discipleship summit, but, uh, we didn't really keep in contact or communicate or anything like that. Um, it was actually, yeah, we met there for the first time. And then I took her on a date at the spa conference we had in July. And so it was really good. Um, I think just because we're both, uh, mission minded, we both want the ministry and we both love talking about the ministry. We both love talking about the Bible. So we stayed in touch after, um, built for a couple of months. Um, and then, yeah, we started dating a few months ago. What's her name? Aisha. Aisha. Yeah. Okay, great. Terrific. Well, congratulations. Cheers. When I was dating Pam, that's one thing that I really, you know, 
I felt like we looked out the same window. It just felt like we just loved the mis- the ministry. Of course, she was much better at it than I was, but still really enjoyed it. And just kind of this sense of adventure, like, hey, let's make a difference for God. That definitely makes a difference if you if yep. that's if that's the way you're leaning. So that's great. So okay, so you became a Christian there, and then you just stayed. Your family's down south in New South Wales. And let's just, let me just ask you, what was it like growing up on a farm? Um, I actually really liked it. Um, growing up in the country was a lot of fun. We had beef and so we didn't have internet back home. So we would read books, play on the trampoline, or we'd be helping dad. So we would do some mornings before school, or we'd do like helping dad on the weekends and things like that as well. Um, but it was pretty good. It's pretty good not, yeah, I think not being around technology like all the time as well, even though we really wanted it. I had a mate who had, I had two mates, one of them grew up with an Xbox and one with a PlayStation. So whenever we'd go to each other's houses, they never came to mine. Kind of <laughs> and how many, how many acres, how big was the farm that your parents owned? Oh, I actually can't remember anymore because um we moved, we moved from one when I was six to a different one and then we sold it. Uh, I think something like seven years ago, just because uh, there was a pretty big drought in the area. So we ended up selling it and my parents have moved on getting into other work now. I see. Okay. So they've left farming and moved on. I think it's great. I mean, growing up on a farm, learn how to work hard, stay focused. It, it really... Yeah. That was the biggest thing that I learned from both of my parents is hard work. Oh yeah. I mean, you just got to work your behind off. Okay. <laughs> so what... Why did you decide to go into the ministry? I mean, you've got an accounting degree. You graduated yep. three years ago or two years ago, and you decided, hey, I want to go in the ministry. Why? Yeah, yeah. It's actually a pretty funny journey because going through my Bible studies, I really loved, like I picked up reading the Bible a lot. I loved it. Um, I loved reading about it. Uh, you know, I was trying to do two quiet times a day in like my early discipleship, just like really loving the Bible, but uh, loving people was really hard. I've always been pretty introverted, keeping to myself. And so learning about the Bible was easy. Uh, learning to live it out was really challenging. And I thought uh, a minister spent his week uh, researching and like reading the Bible, and then he'd preach a sermon on Sunday. And I thought that was, that was I thought that was sweet. I thought that was <laughs> the best life that you could live. And so... Uh, I think really early on, I would have maybe been, you know, two months old spiritually when I really, really wanted to do ministry because I just loved reading the Bible. Um, but there wasn't too much love or concern for other people. So I went really hard after that. And obviously because of that, it's like I want to get into ministry. So I'd spend time with the people who are doing well. I'd spend time with people that would, you know, uh, that I could do things with. And I wouldn't really spend a lot of time just like caring for like the, the the people that are struggling or doing things that just need to get done. Like I wanted to do things to get in the ministry. And so I remember we had a, a staff retreat where one of the leaders uh, did a lesson on selfish ambition. And I talked about selfish ambition in D group. And um, I kind of left that realizing that my motives were pretty bad and I just needed to focus on discipleship for a little bit. So um, instead of thinking like 10 years into the future, how can I get into ministry later on? Um, I just focused on trying to do like one week at a time. How can I do, or how can I be the best disciple or how can I do the most for, the, for Jesus um, that I could? And so 
I think I did that. I spent more time focusing on accounting. Uh, and through all of that, I learned that everything that I wanted to do for God, I could do in a full-time job. Like I could have a job and also uh, share my faith, study the Bible with people, serve at events, um, have strong, quiet times, all those sorts of things as well. So uh, throughout my degree, I kind of went back and forth on ministry, but that kind of carried on for a few years up until the end of my degree when I was pretty content to just go into full-time work and um, yeah, just do the best that I could in the pros ministry. And so towards the end of my degree, our campus minister was stepping down and going into pros. And so it kind of lined up pretty well on the day where I was heading up to Brisbane for a job interview because I wanted to do public accounting. And there was another offer in a big firm that I wanted, but this was kind of, I wanted to do audit, not tax. And so I went up there, uh, I did my job interview. Um, it was really good. It was, uh, it was a one year uh, full-time role. And so after the interview, I took the train back down and then I met up with our church leader uh, and the other campus leaders. And it was explained to me that uh, our previous campus leader would go into pros. Rob would step back in and lead the campus. And then me and uh, Elise, who was, who's leading the girls, would stick around in campus and help out more. And so after that meeting, um, the accounting firm called me up, offered me the job on the spot. And then I got off the phone to them and then Rob offered me a spot in the ministry. And so <laughs> that's kind of how it worked out. Um, but I just think I knew in my heart, uh, ministry was something that I always wanted to do. Um, so it wasn't a very hard decision for me. Mm. Yeah. So you just decide, I'm, I'm going to do it. That's a, that's a great decision. That's awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your ministry. You mentioned in passing and I, it, it's funny because the other guys that you were with, like they, they talked about you. They say, Hey, you know, um, Darcy's really, really killing it up there in the gold coast, 16 baptisms in a church yep. of what's currently 85 people. How'd you do it? Okay. What, what, what were you starting with? And tell, tell us a little bit about the development of your ministry career. What, what, where was it at two years ago when you graduated and, and how'd you get it to where it's at now? Um, yeah. So two years ago, I think we might've been around, uh, 15 or 16, something like that. Um, we only had one Bible talk, um, and it was in a pretty good spot. We were baptizing a few people kind of every year, um, but we didn't really have as much structure. So my first year in ministry, we, I think we had, we had seven baptisms and one restoration, which was, we were going for 12 and we got eight. And I was really excited about that um, just because we were growing. And so that was really cool. Right. And then this year we've had 16 baptisms and two restorations and we're going for 20 by the end of the year. So we've got about three more weeks. So we'll go hard with that. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where it was at two years ago. Um, and then throughout that, I think I invested a lot. Oh no, when I first came in, it was the holiday period and I really wanted studies. So we preached through acts and I was doing three points on evangelism every week. And people <laughs> were really sick of me. <laughs> Yeah. Come New Year's about halfway through the holidays, people were pretty sick of it. Um, but yeah, two months later, by the time uni started again, everyone was really excited to share their faith. So people jumped on board um, and everyone worked really hard. And I think I just did my best to create an evangelism culture from the get go. So rather than doing scheduled sharing, 
um, we'd all meet up in one place to study and I would just go there every day, grab people, take them sharing. And then eventually they learned to do that as well. They'd go there, grab other people and go sharing and things like that. And so we grew, we hit 20 and then we split into two Bible talks on the same campus. And so I have another guy, Andy, who leads the other Bible talk, um, who's doing awesome with that. Um, and then I also have my co-leader, Elise, who's doing an awesome job. I think she's honestly, she's probably the one who's done really incredible. The sisters ministry has not really grown too much the entire time I've been a disciple. And then I think just this last year of the 16 we've had, I think seven of them were girls. So that's been super encouraging as well. Well, that um, that's interesting because we have a connection. I got a I got yeah. an email from Elise probably a month or so ago saying, hey, we converted someone. Her name is Katie or Caitlin, and she's originally from Tucson. And so I was so happy to hear that. And so she, Katie came back and um, came to church and she's getting plugged into the church here. So that, that was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. She was really worried about if where she was going, there was going to be a church there. So she was really excited that Katie was heading to your church. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, I love that when there's a, a smooth, smooth handoff. So Anyway, that's, that's kind of neat that we've got that connection. Now, going into this year, this, this calendar year, 2023, you really focused on evangelism. Let's talk a little bit about how you develop kind of a, a, what you talked about in evangelism culture, where the students themselves are really motivated. Like what, was it intentional or is it just something that just kind of rubbed off from what you were doing? Did you have a mindset going into the year, like, okay, this is my goal for this year. What, what were you thinking? Yeah. Well, I think that was actually the most encouraging thing about this year is not how much we had, but it was the fact that uh, all of the people who were disciples last year were involved in a baptism this year. Wow. So I'm more excited about that, that it's not just the leaders doing the work, but everyone really wants to be involved. Um, and I think, I was thinking about it. One one thing I think is teamwork was super important. Like we just have, you know, Elise and Andy are both on board. Um, so it's not just me doing it, but they're all working really hard and they try and they share their faith, but they try and bring the young disciples along with them. Um, and so instead of having like a scheduled time to evangelize every week, we started off just by scrapping that completely and then just challenging the leaders to just go as they could um, but not going by themselves, bringing the young people with them. And I think it's really hard to want to evangelize and share your faith and make disciples if you're not seeing anything happen. But all those young guys, seeing people get baptized, seeing their lives get changed, um, seeing other people's lives get changed as well. Um, it just, it didn't really take a lot of work to get them to want it. You just kind of show them what it looks like. And then I think they all jumped on board because it is just, it's the Bible changing people's lives. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it's not hard to get people to do that when they can see it. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like Jesus's ministry. Jesus brought, yep. brought his disciples along. They watched him. Then they started baptizing. I mean, they caught the vision, but also it ties into what Kevin Miller preached on when he, at the conference, he said, if you want to help young people get fired up, help them get their arms wet. Yeah. I thought that was great, you know, meaning help them to get into the baptistry and baptize somebody and that that really yeah. clarifies everything. 
Yeah. And so I'm big on like trying to inspire the young guys, give them opportunities um, and, and then just kind of like invest in people relationally. And so where there's a lot of relational support within the campus. And I think that just comes from the people above. Like Rob invests in me a lot. Um, I call him multiple times a week. He's spent a lot of time investing in me relationally. Um, and then just the other church leaders in the region, uh, like Ben, Ben, uh, even Will before he moved away as well. A lot of older church leaders invested in the young guys um, really intentionally and really um, consciously they made choices to be in our lives as well. And so I feel like when, because we've seen the older people do that with us, I'm just trying to imitate what they've done with the people below me. Mm -hmm. So we have two guys that I'm trying to raise up to be Bible talk leaders. And I'm very much just imitating what they've done with us. Okay. I mean, that stood out to me there. I mean, the average age of the guys that came up from Australia couldn't have been more than 30. I mean, just really young guys, which was great. Great to see that. What else has been working for you? What, what are you excited about in the ministry? Like what, what gets you, gets you up in the morning? Um, yeah, well, I suppose it's not actually more complicated than that. For a long time, I really wanted to do ministry. Uh, and, and maybe the deeper reason I didn't really know why I just wanted to do great things for God. But then this year, studying the Bible with people the whole way through, there's one guy uh, who he came from a Japanese background who didn't know uh, God at all. And so I studied the Bible with him the whole way through. And we got to baptism uh, and he said, I asked him if he wanted to get baptized. And he said something along the lines of, uh, I love the Bible. I read it every day. It's changed my life. I want to repent. Uh, I want to, you know, live my life serving the church and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, but I don't believe in God. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and we got to that point and I had, I had no clue what to do because, I mean, there's no Bible studies on that, you know, right. and so... And so we met up every week, uh, we talked about faith, and we encouraged him to keep reading the Bible. And one day he showed up to a study, and I had like three scriptures lined up on faith and making faithful decisions and all that sort of stuff. And I said, what do you want to, uh, you know, what do you want to do? Um, and he, he stopped and he looked at me and he basically said, uh, he's been thinking about it, he's asked us questions, he's talked to his mom, he's done his own research, um, he believes in God, he thinks Jesus died on the cross, he wants to follow him forever. And I feel like that was... That's a really clear example for me where I've tried to work really hard to get someone over the line and it just didn't work. And so eventually I just had to trust God. Mm. Um, but then to see someone very clearly just have their life transformed by the Bible, mm. um, where I couldn't really say that I played a huge role in it was totally life changing. And so that's the thing that kind of inspires me, gets me up in the morning is just seeing like more people do that. I see that again and again and again. Mm. Yeah. If someone were your age or like under 25 and they really wanted to grow their campus ministry, let's say they're a junior or senior and they're like, Hey, I really want to, want to make a difference. Like what, what three things would you say? Where do you start? Like what, what would you tell that person? Uh, so if they're young, yeah. Speaking to interns and people who want to be interns, getting as much input as you can. I think for a long time, I would call Rob every single day um, and whatever study I had, uh, whatever questions I had, I would call the guy who was discipling me and my church leader as much as I could, um, just because I feel like that 
you can learn through experience, but you can also learn from other people's experiences. And so I feel like that helped a lot calling Rob every single day, calling other people around the region as well. So I feel, I feel like seeking wisdom is really important. Um, I'd say hard work is really important too. Uh, I feel like for a young guy who is, you know, not married, doesn't have kids or anything like that, you can really work a lot harder than what you would think. And I feel like people use or people say burnout when they're just a little bit tired and they're very quick to run to that as well. But I feel like you can push yourself pretty hard just if you have if you have good discipline and you take your rest seriously, you can work really hard and then just like not get burnt out mm -hmm. uh, and really fall in love with the ministry as well. So I feel like leaning into hard work uh, and, and loving the grind is really important too. Um, and then I just say leading by example. Um, you know, when I think of the sort of leader I want to be, I think of you know, in Mark 10, when Jesus says, uh, whoever wants to be the greatest must be the very least and a servant of all. Um, I think that my, the leader I want to be is a servant. And if I want to call other people to do the same, it starts by leading by example. Like if I want people to go sharing, I need to be the one sharing first and showing them what that looks like. Uh, if I want people to be uh, repentant, more sacrificial and more giving, I need to make sure that I'm living out those things as well first. Um, otherwise you just kind of become a manager and you sit back and yeah, I feel like not a lot gets done. That's, yeah. that's super fantastic. So get advice, be humble, seek, seek direction, work hard, love the grind, like you said, and then lead by example in service and just your overall life. Now let's go yep. back to Elise. Okay. What you said was prior to her coming, the, the women's ministry was not strong but when she came, all of a sudden that changed. What's Elise doing that stands out to you? What What's impressing you about her work? What's What's changed that women's ministry? Yeah. Well, I feel like uh, it's not that it wasn't strong. It's just that it wasn't really growing. We had, you know, Kingdom Kids and, and there was like a core group of solid girls as well. Um, and she still works one day a week. So last year she did two days a week, which was pretty incredible. Two days um, in a professional, in a secular job or yeah, two yeah. days on campus? No, just in a secular job. And okay. then, yeah. And then she just spends the rest of her time doing the ministry as well. Um, but I feel like she's, we have very different perspectives on a lot of things as well. So we end up, our opinions end up clashing a lot. <laughs> we have a lot of fun discussions about what, where the ministry's going and things like that. But I think at the end of the day, uh, like her love for people and her love for the Bible, uh, it just causes her to lean in um, and just like be with the girls as well um, in a way that maybe it wasn't possible to do uh, beforehand. And so, yeah, she's done really good. And then she's also got some girls following along who want to do that same thing as well. Okay. So um, what I sense is she's really loving. She's good with people. People are attracted to her. They want to be with her and she pulls them into her life. Yeah. yeah. And then she works really hard as well. Yeah. So loving, hardworking, anything else? Um, She's got strong opinions. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to ask her. I don't want to <laughs> words in her mouth or anything. I should have yeah. had her on the, on the program as well. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, maybe. That's great. Okay. Let's just change the subject a little bit. You've got your own podcast. Why don't you tell, yeah, why don't yeah, you tell me about that? <laughs> Yeah, so it's called the Podcast Against Rockstar. You can find it on Spotify. Um, One more time. What, what's the name of it? The Podcast Against Rockstar. 
the podcast against Rockstar? Yeah, yeah. So okay. It's an energy drink. Okay, okay. So a few years ago, me and my mate, uh, we we shared a room together, and we used to do. We used to stay up all night studying for exams and things like that whenever they'd come around. And so it was around the time when everyone was getting podcasts. Everyone thought they could do podcasts, and and we thought we could do a better one. So <laughs> <laughs> we uh we'd meet up at uni. Uh, we'd get a bunch of food and things, and then we'd start studying. And then at about midnight, we'd take a break. I'd put my phone on the table, and then we'd just talk about whatever we wanted for 40 minutes. It wasn't really, it's not very structured or anything like that. And then we started having our mates on, jumping on board and things like that. So we have about, I think we have seven or eight episodes. We haven't done it in a little bit, but it was just a bit of fun to get through uni and people have, people have thought it's pretty funny. Okay, great. So it's, it's uh, just a conversational theme. Okay, fantastic. So let's go back a little bit about, you know, you're working hard. What helps you to keep motivated, to stay driven? I mean, it's clear if you're going to baptize 16 people in a small church, you're cranking. I mean, that's for sure. And yep. what what keeps that inner fire going? Um, yeah, well, I think for me, it actually it's actually just my testimony. Um, I remember there was a time in my spiritual life a few years ago where I was going to church every week, uh, and, and then I kind of lost the reason why. Uh, there was no greater heart behind why I was going. I got converted. I've been in the church for a year and a bit, and it just kind of became part of my life. And I remember going to a couple of Sundays, not being impacted by communion, not being impacted by the sermons, uh, and just kind of wondering like what I'm doing, if it's, what's the point? What if I left? All these sorts of things as well. And I remember someone recommended me to read uh, Deuteronomy which is, you know, and going through Deuteronomy, it just says time and time again to like, remember the Exodus, remember the Exodus, remember the Exodus. Um, and I went through that. And every time I did, uh, I just reflected on my testimony, uh, what God has done for me. And so I, I think I probably remember it every day, what God has done for me and like where I would be without God. Mm. Um, like I've been going to church for five years now and it still feels a little bit surreal to me to go to a Devo on a Friday night and have 30 or 40 people in the room and all of them care about me just because that wasn't something that I ever had in my past. I think about where I'd be now. I'd probably be making a bunch of money in public accounting, um, <laughs> but I wouldn't have any friends. I, I wouldn't have any, you know, I wouldn't have any passion. I wouldn't have any excitement, no joy or anything like that. And I think God just gave me, he gave me great relationships he gave me purpose. He gave me passion. He gave me all of these things as well. And I just remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably every day. That's awesome. Maybe five or six times a week or something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know how that translates to the ministry. I suppose that I love asking people theirs too. Um, but, but yeah, if God did that for me, surely I can do great things for God. Right. I mean, I feel like it's probably the most important thing that, if a person wants to go into the ministry, that motivation is just so essential. Like for me, I became a Christian was, you know, fired up and everything. Then I went part-time in the ministry, did really well initially, but then kind of had a crisis of faith where I was like, okay, you know, what, what's going on here? There's gotta be something more. 
And I went through a real wilderness period where I had to really dig deeper and just get back into the motivation, like, and make it even stronger than it was before. And mm-hmm. it was a real tough time, but it was a necessary time to, to refine my motivation and remember what Jesus has done and to really make that the core for my ministry. Because I feel like if, if that's not embedded in early, then ministry is too tough. It's too challenging. There's too many, when you're dealing with people, there's too many difficulties. I mean, you mentioning Deuteronomy, it's difficult when you're, you're trying to lead people and they're doing their own thing and, and you're, you're, you're not in control. You're just trying to serve. And it's, it's really, de- it's demanding a lot of cris- criticism. If the motivation doesn't come from Christ, at some point mm. you're going to, you're going to cr- get crushed. I mean, you're going to step out of it. So I think that's awesome. What you're, what you're sa- sharing there. Well, let's, mm. let's turn our attention to the future. You're 24. If you could make, if you could just, if you had a magic wand, Okay, and you could just wave that magic wand and make your future just like you want it. What would you like to see happen? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think about this a lot. I've been talking to people about it as well. But I want to, in the next couple of years, I want to lead a church. That's what I'm, you know, I tell everyone in three years I want to be leading a church. But obviously, um, it's kind of open to God's timing and, and plantings and how things go for the future. Um but short term, that's what I'm working towards. And I feel like if I want to get there, I need to be able to, I need to learn to raise people up and I need to learn to grow multiple ministries. So um, yeah, our goal for the campus for this year is 30. Our goal for the teens is uh, one non-kingdom kid. And then I have a couple of guys that I'm trying to raise up as Bible talk leaders. So I feel like that's the next step that I'm going for for the next few years. Um, but long term, I want to be, an evangelist, just because I feel like if, if you're in a church and you're leading a church, you should be looking to to lead towards obviously numerical growth in baptisms, but also character growth and spiritual growth as well. And so that's kind of a long-term plan. Uh, and then I also want to uh, be a teacher one day, just mm. because I feel like the basics of the Bible is taught really well, but then a lot of the the deeper truths too maybe aren't taught so well. And then in Hebrews, when it talks about milk and meat, it talks about moving beyond the elementary truths of, uh, I think, uh, Christ's death, the resurrection of the dead, and repentance and things like that. So long-term goals is, is evangelist and teacher in the spa region, and then short-term goals, I want to lead a church in the next few years. That's awesome. Man, I hope that happens. I'll be praying for you about that. I just love how many young people are going out planting churches. I saw Ben May at the conference from, uh, what's News, not where is he from? From Newcastle, Newcastle, just north of Sydney, right? And so yeah. that's really exciting. And so many young leaders are. I talked to Tyson; he's leading the church in Christchurch. And yeah. so, I mean, really cool. I love what's happening there, and I'll be praying for it. And I think that's a great ambition. What what you have plans for? I go, do it while you're young. You know, I think it's important to. I know that sounds funny, but I feel like if you're in the ministry for a period of time. I feel like you should make it your goal to become an evangelist. I go, if you're in, if you're in that role, you should really set your, set your target on it. I don't think it's prideful. I think it's a, what you're really trying to do is you want to develop and learn the skills of what an evangelist can bring to the table. I mean, you need, you need that. And you don't want to just, 
wander aimlessly or like Paul said, just beat the air. You know, you want to make sure you're focused and you've got a goal. That's what really impressed me about Dave Bliley's lesson is mm-hmm. and really convicted me too because he had a plan to grow his church, but then he went back and he started with the end in mind and he just backed up to his current situation with 50 people um, and said, okay, what would that take for me to get there? And he just went through it very, very deliberately and explained what he did. And it was really inspiring. So I, what I hear you saying is very much the same thing. Okay, this is what's going to have to happen. So Darcy, thank you so much for your time. It was great to meet you. I want to wish you all the best there in the Gold Coast. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. Here's how you can help support the program. First of all, hit the subscribe button and send the link to your friends. Let people know about the program. It it is really encouraging. Secondly, read and review one of my books, either How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. And you can find both of those on Amazon.com. You can buy the hardcover or the paperback, or you can get it through Kindle, no problem. Finally, support the Rob Skinner podcast with a gift. The link is in the show notes because my goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.